0: Hey there. Welcome to SaaS Unbound brought to you by SaaS Group. I'm your host, and Dana, and this is the show where we chat with inspiring founders and experts to get an inside scoop on how they made their business a success. And today with me is Luca, CEO and co-founder of Customerly, an in-app messaging platform for SaaS companies with over 31,000 businesses using the tool already. They're on a mission to help and inspire at least 1 billion people. That's very ambitious uh i love the mission so welcome to the show
1: thank you so much hannah for uh, having me today it's a pleasure to share our story with uh, your audience so looking forward to it
0: super all right well uh let's get started and first i guess maybe with your background a little bit and like how you got to to build customerly because it's not your first business so can we get a little bit of that story
1: Sure. So when I was in at a university, I started building mobile apps uh, for my needs, basically, and uh, one of them actually skyrocketed to twelve million uh, to, to twelve million uh, downloads. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an app to help um, people to get the driver license in Italy. So we own the market today, but at the time. I was like a teenager, not knowing what I was doing. I dropped out of college and funny enough, I won two scholarships one for an Italian um, university in Milan and another one in San Francisco. So (laughs) out of this experience, I didn't know what was a startup at the time, but then I learned fast forward that I had uh, a business and, um, and then I learned to create software as a services. So my first software as a service was for driving schools to connect mm-hmm. the, the people using the app to the driving schools. And so, so when I started um, running the business, um, I recognized the, the issues, the needs that I had to mm-hmm. communicate with my customers on the platform where they were. So that mm-hmm. is the main reason we built customly. We had these needs in our uh, platform at the time.
0: Okay, interesting. All right. Well and uh uh forgive me if I pronounce it really wrong. It's quiz patente, right? That's um,
1: actually really good, yeah. yeah okay. Exactly.
0: Good. All right, I tried. <laughs> um okay, so uh you exited that business a couple of years ago. So um
1: in twenty seventeen, yeah
0: okay all right so way more than that uh all right so uh since you know sas group buys um sas companies we're really always interested in like how um other founders selling to to other companies have gone through it and what was the experience so what was your experience selling that company and um based on that are you building customarily with an exit in mind
1: Good question. So at the time the idea of the exit was more related uh, to a need. So customer was growing fast and I was in between places basically. And so that's when I decided to um, exit to sell it to uh, basically anyone that was interested into it. And I remember at the time um, it wasn't that easy to find uh, um, a person, a company interested in, in buying, uh, that kind of assets, uh, was uh, very early stages, mobile apps and everything. So I started to basically, uh, reaching out to competitors and, um, knocked different doors. I was into different meetings, like I guess 12 meetings, at least with different competitors with boards of, um, huge companies and we were two. <laughs> so it yeah. was really fun. Uh, And painful at the same time, because we got nine no's um, before getting the yes that exited the the company and everything was like completely different from there. So what was the second question again?
0: Sure. Uh, So are you building customerly with an exit in mind or or are you just uh, for now scaling it indefinitely?
1: Well, uh, yes, it's not the main goal for sure, but, uh, we have that in mind. We have that okay. in mind.
0: All right. Okay. We can, yeah, <laughs> we can stop here. All right. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you about, about bootstrapping because obviously when I was researching, uh, about you in the tool, uh, I, I went to your blog and there, there was a, a huge post about bootstrapping, why you chose it. So. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And, and for everyone who's listening, like, go go to their blog. It's a great post. But uh, yeah, maybe if you can just tell a little bit more about it and why even now, uh, because you're in a pretty competitive space, uh, you decided that bootstrapping is, is something that, that you're going to go with.
1: Yeah. So it's always been my way of doing it, right? Also with Chris Patente, I created like a... A huge amount of inbound downloads without investing any money so it was always my way of doing it so i don't know if it's right or wrong i'm still in the process to understand if it's it's right to execute um as a bootstrap company customer mm-hmm. sometimes you know uh since we receive a lot of emails from vc interested into investing customately, um you know Once in a while we decide to revise this execution, but like, um, until now we are the free, we have the freedom to, um, develop the, the product as we want to. And as our customer asking us to do, and, uh, what I believe it's, um, it's fundamental is that I need to serve our customers rather than our investors. And that's, I believe, made a huge change. Um, Also, we had some like experiences of friends uh, that we saw with um, BC backed companies that it wasn't great at all. Um, So I don't know, it was, to me it's like the way of doing it, but like during the execution, I saw all different things failing um, because the, the acceleration they've got, because they had to spend, um, uh, money that I, they got from VC. Um, so my idea is that we need to optimize everything to make it works. And, uh, we're seven years in business now, so it's still working. And, uh, but at the same time, I would love to accelerate. Especially now with AI, it's it's crazy good the way is is working. So we're getting some capital, but from banks mainly. Um, so that's the way we want to continue to be bootstrapped
0: Okay, super interesting. It's it's great that you mentioned that you uh, with both businesses you've grown quite significantly without putting in any money into your growth. So. Again, as far as I remember from uh, from some of the blog posts, you got some credits for your AWS servers, and then uh, you also offered lifetime deals, and that's something that I really want to, uh, to get into. And also, you could somehow reduce your Stripe cost to zero. So can you elaborate a little bit? I think that would be really interesting for a lot of Bootstrap founders.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So when we started, we actually got our first... 5K in AWS credits. So we managed to uh, reduce the cost to zero for almost 12 months. That was a huge help from the Amazon team. So we're very thankful for that. And then we got the Stripe startup package as well. We got zero fees for uh, 30,000 euros transacted on the platform. So it was like another good amount of money we saved. Um, that was the main thing. Uh, and then after a couple of years, uh, we were spending around 2K per month of, 2 or 3K per month of AWS bill. So again, we reached out to them and we asked if we can get more credits. Their credits is for startup is like, um, it, it's a stair step. So it depends how your startup is going and everything. But we managed to get another 25K. So in total, we got 30,000K. The next year it's supposed to be 100K, but it's only for uh, VC-backed company, which is kind of unfair, I would say. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of the, the opposite, but it's their policy, it's fine. Uh, we got another 25K uh, that could, you know, um, help us a lot to hire another person on the team and, uh, bring the product to the next level. So it was a huge, huge help from the team.
0: All right. Perfect. Well, uh, let's talk maybe a little bit more about the lifetime deals that you started selling and, uh, how did you come up with the idea in the first place and what was the, uh, what was your experience?
1: Sure. That's a, that's a, a good question. I love to speak about LTD. So first of all, I was uh, suggested to, do, to run an LTD, uh, a lifetime deal from a friend. And uh, I wasn't aware of what was it, how it worked. And um, so the first, the, the first brand that came to mind when you speak about LTD is Absumo, right? Yeah. And we knew that we weren't prepared to scale our infrastructure at the time uh, to go to Absumo. So our idea was like, okay, let's find out a community that is like a bit smaller than what it is on AppSumo and let's run the LTD on that community because this way, you know, we can sell a bit more to, you know, expand a bit more the audience, but without crushing it yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we were definitely not ready for getting all their customers in, in the platform at the time. Thing is we went for, so that if you want to know the, the full story, uh, we sure. went for I
0: feel like it's a, a good community.
1: story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because um, somehow we created hype without even knowing it. And uh, the reason why was that we, we, been reached out from this person that had a good community on Facebook groups. And then we started, you know, crafting the deal and uh, crafting the dates and everything. And he went on the group on Facebook saying, um, "Customer deal is coming on this group. And so people were ready to get it, right? But then I started to um, connect with the founders that run at the time, an LTD with this person and all of them were actually scammed by this person. So I said, whoa, 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 wait, wait, what is happening? (laughs) I'm not going to run an LTD with this guy. Like all of them were scammed by this person and uh, basically this person never paid him because, you know, when you use like a company like AppSumo or like whatever else. Uh, to run an LTD, they will get the revenue and then they will share the revenue with you. So the the contract was the same, um, but this guy wasn't paying the founders. And so some of them failed because of him. So I decided, no, okay, this is not the right community. And from there to the time when we found out another partner that was at the time... ground to run our ltd um that community started asking where and when customer is going to uh, be launched and so that created the I. so when we launched on ground, that at the time was at uh, their second or third i don't remember third ltd we were quite new he was quite new he was um having like a community of around 2,000 subscriber. So when we launched that, the hype that was created on the other group about customary was brought to this community. So like we managed to sell 2,000 LTD in like one month. I was like, shit, <laughs> I was like, uh, we were expecting to sell like maybe maximum 500 um, licenses. And then we ended up selling 2000s. And I remember at that time, it was was crazy. It was crazy, like a lot of tickets, a lot of questions about the products, a lot of onboarding, one-to-one. And it was Black Friday, actually. It was Black Friday of 2017 or 18, something like that.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so exactly five years ago to the day. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Because it's Black Friday today all right oh wow that's a wild story i mean off the record can i then get the name of the person so we steer clear (laughs) Yeah, yeah all right
1: so that was like the the journey in between uh but like after that for sure if you want to run an ltd you need to be sure that the offering is very um, well-structured in a way that um, somehow you're for sure limiting the services that you're going to offer. I'm going to be honest, like we had maybe one of two conversions from LTD to MRR. So, okay, you know, I always heard this mixed idea of, you know, LTD is good if you want to get some cash injected into the business we got 65k uh, for free basically Um, but then you have to um, support to uh, onboard to uh, stick with these users that they might never upgrade to any other plan so it's a lifetime deal Um, we were aware of it and we were just fine but if you want to Uh, find the right customers, the LTD community, in my opinion, is not the right place to find them because they're always searching for the offer, the LTD, and uh, they will never stick with your product if they have to pay a bit more. That's, that's, That's our experience. That's what we saw. Okay. Those are our numbers. Two people out of 2000 converted in MRR.
0: Hmm. Oh, wow. That's a, well, that's a very interesting learning that, you know, that you're sharing here because yeah, for, uh for some LTD, I, I think the stories that I've heard was, were pretty much the same, like it's, it's fun, but then a lot of people just abandon it or just like churn very quickly. So, all right. Well, since we started talking about the communities and offers, uh then you tried another community. You went on product hunt. Uh and oh, oh people are going to blame me again that I hate product hunt. I, I really don't. I think it's great. <laughs> but um yeah, how was your experience there?
1: Uh again, at the time I didn't know like like how the product launches worked. Um I've been helped by a friend to craft the first uh, product launch. And it was a complete failure. Like I would say maybe we got okay. 30 upvotes, um, never eat the first page. Uh, so the first one was like a complete failure. Um, but the second, the third and the fourth were actually good in terms of hype, interactions. Um, we learned a lot um, by doing it. And now we're launching again. So. What changes, first of all, the the kind of um, communication you're doing on the platform and the community that you have to leverage, you know, the, the algorithm to get in the first page or in the top three positions. So I don't remember exactly, but like the second, third and fourth, we ended up in the top five. One of them ended up in the top second, And uh, for that week, we ended up in their weekly products newsletter that was sent out to 100K subscriber. And that was like an outcome. Uh, Another outcome was that, uh, for example, for the video live chat product, um, since that was referring to our product on our product landing page the product landing page got a lot of SEO benefits as well. So we saw a lot of, you know, direct and indirect benefits, um, on launching on product times for sure. Uh, it's a great community. I love them. And, um, yeah, we're going to launch very soon, uh, our next uh, iteration of the products.
0: Perfect. Oh, well, I mean, by the time, um, this episode is out, uh, and bound is also going to be on product hunt. So, um, again, I don't hate product hunt. I'm just, I just want honest opinions, like how it works for everybody, because you know, every time, um, or at least like a couple years ago, um, launching on product hunt was still kind of, uh, approached, as, you know, you have to hack it, you have to, like, know some kind of tweaks and li- the algorithm that it works with. And, you know, th- you you can do this, but you cannot do that, you have to stay there for 24 hours. And I think now it's just a bit more at ease. So like, it's a, it's a great community, like you said, it's a great way to just tell your customers or potential customers, like what's going on, that you're alive, that there is a new feature, that you're shipping something, Um, get some indirect um, advantages from it. But yeah, then again, uh, it's very questionable on like whether or not it then results in going into your MRR, but that's a different story.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's true. That's true. We had some good economic um, improvements from people signing up from product Hunt for sure. Uh, like one of them, we saw an increase of MRR in the first 30 minutes, like 500 grants in the first 30 minutes. But then on a the long term, um, we got a lot of referrals and then like great leads coming from product Hunt. We still have some great leads coming from product Hunt, uh, But I wouldn't say that the main acquisition source for sure, like, um, yeah, it depends for sure that like by the time we reached out to their hundred K subscribers through their newsletter, it was like a huge hype, but then it depends on the products, so the communication, a lot of things. So, um, for example, for a lot of launches, we had like a crappy onboarding. And we had this, you know, bottleneck. Even if you have like the greatest product, but your onboarding sucks, you're not going to see conversions. So we had uh, a crappy onboarding at the time, and uh, still we had some great results from launching on Product Hunt.
0: This episode is sponsored by Rewardful.com. Looking for new ways to find customers for your SaaS business? Consider adding an affiliate program. Rewardful is the easiest affiliate-tracking platform to set up, manage, and scale for SaaS companies. Log your customer acquisition cost and only pay affiliates based on results. Integrate Rewardful with your Stripe or Paddle account and set up your affiliate campaigns in minutes. Building a successful affiliate program can be a little bit intimidating figuring out where to get started. That's where Rewardful has taken what they've observed from their most successful customers' affiliate programs and distill that into an exclusive online course. The exciting part? Their affiliate marketing course is absolutely free. And by joining the waitlist today, you'll get early access to it as soon as it goes live. Join the waitlist at rewardful.com course, rewardful.com course, and turn your biggest fans into your best marketers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's really important to just go there without any expectations. Like we were talking with another founder, uh, and they are building an affiliate management tool. And what he's saying, like a lot of people approach affiliate management as, you know, set it and forget it. And then, you know, people are just going to come and sell your product to like everyone in the world. And it doesn't really work that way. And with product hunt as well, like if the product doesn't sell, it's not going to sell on product hunt or through affiliates. It's, if it's a bad product, it's a bad product. That's it. So like you have to put a lot more work apart from just launching on product hunt or whatnot. So, true. yeah, and super, uh, super interesting. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, another uh, thing that I really wanted to ask, because while there were lifetime deals, there were launches, um, and, um, I guess just by judging, um, by looking at your website, you're getting more and more out there with the content. So how has your growth strategy and like marketing, uh, has changed over the years?
1: Sure. So for the very first five years, whenever. Say after after the lifetime deal, we hired an agency to run some PPC campaigns. But the thing is, as you said before, we are in a very crowded industry. At the time, it was crowded. Today is 10x more crowded. Um, so you need to be very smart on where you're putting your money onto. And um, basically, at the time, we started running some uh, Instagram, Facebook ads, PPC, but the window of closing the deal was far away from the time we invested any amount. So for us it wasn't feasible to run PPC campaign because it was too expensive to reach out to the, the customer. And um, and for sure like we were targeting the small businesses at the time. So small businesses convert into, I don't know, $50, 99 per month of MRR and the cost per acquisition is way too high to um, it's like 500, 600, $1,000. It depends where you're going, which kind of country we are targeting, but like it's way more expensive than what we get. And so the ROI on any campaign is like fast forward to one year, uh, it's moved, yeah. it's pushed to 12 months at least. So now we're focusing on, especially with AI, is changing our business model a lot. Um, so if before we were offering just a complete customer service suite, that is kind of boring. You know, you don't you don't feel that problem. You don't feel you have to. You don't feel the return of investment on a software a service like that. But now the AI is shaping the kind of. Uh, business model and messaging as well. Because if before was just a software as a service, today is like your virtual assistant helping you to uh, support your customers where your team is small and cannot afford to add other teammates. But at the same time, we are helping much, way much more bigger teams that are handling 2000 tickets per day because the AI can reduce that by up to 50%. So the model changed, the revenue changed as well, because it's not just MRR anymore, it's revenue by the subscription and also the AI. And the AI is actually much, way much more, uh, the revenue on AI is way much more uh, than the subscription itself.
0: So it's oh, crazy
1: wow. how this is transforming our business and our way to go to the market because if before we had just a focus on small businesses because at the time we were small businesses and we were you know, in, in the boots of their uh, businesses as well. Now the message is changing because we know we can allow our best bigger companies uh, with AI. So we started focusing more on creating content and we optimized the SEO content a lot also the generation of um, the articles and the, the backlinks and everything. So it's it's a full strategy that we put in place to reach out to the right customers searching for Customerly. Because like one challenging thing uh, about Customerly and any software solution, you either um, acquire the customer when it's a startup or, we acquire a customer when they switch from another service. So at a certain point, they need to, I don't know, improve their customer service processes and they need a better solution. So they're going to switch from another solution. These are the two stages we are seeing a lot of acquisition coming from. So even like early, early stages and the early stages, MRR is like very little. We can invest a thousand back on them. And at the same time to get to people switching the intent of people switching from another solution is like very complex to get so we're investing into content to you know uh, create awareness of what we do and at the same time we are hiring sales rep to do outbound so this is the strategy and how it's changing because it's not changing only the communication the messaging about customers but it's also changing the strategy because we are moving up markets and uh recently been to sast in san francisco and i met uh the the new CEO of um unless you are and they had the same experience so they they were serving small businesses and they figured out that their software was like even much more helpful for enterprises, so they moved up market, building the sales team, um, and that was so inspiring me, is, inspiring for me because it's like that hit me badly. And I said, I'm I'm in the same position. I know we are helping a lot of small businesses, but it's time to move up, up market because I know that with AI we can help help, help them the most. So it's a mix of generating content for the right search intent and at the same time creating the outbound strategy. This is how we are um, changing our marketing strategies.
0: Okay, wonderful. That was actually uh, supposed to be my next question how since you're uh, going out market, how is your customer acquisition changing so um, as far as I understand, for for like the startups, the smaller companies, you still have a fully self-serve opportunity to just onboard, you know, pay with the credit card and, and go use it. But for the bigger companies, you actually have a sales team now because they, they like mm-hmm. a more personalized approach. Is that right?
1: Correct. Yes, absolutely. Um, so in terms of sales, outbound sales, we tried. A couple of years ago, to hire an agency mm-hmm. to create the sales process, the outbound sales process for us. And I learned the hard way that uh, that wasn't feasible. You need to understand, build your sales process in house and then out, uh, outsource. We wasted 36K uh, with this process. Like uh, mm-hmm. we tried for six months, that didn't work, that actually brought zero results. So I was like kind of burnt by this experience that uh, outbalances wasn't working for us, but the, the lesson learned was like, no, you need to build it yourself and then you can create a template to reproduce. So, um, I've been, uh, using some mentorship here and there mm-hmm. from people that did that, and now we are having like a more structured way of selling also because like, it's a very long process. Yeah. I also did like for a lot of time, I've, I've been doing inbound sales. Um, and so we got enterprises with inbound sales. It was super cool. But like when you're knocking to the doors and saying, look, we have this kind of solution is a completely different ballpark. So we're getting better that's that. Um, and we needed to, change a lot of processes. For example, we never had like contact sales in our landing pages. It was always like get a free trial. Um, we never had like a get a demo. Today we have in a couple of pages get a demo as a main um call to action and it's also qualifying automatically based on different um properties of the company uh, if they are going to self-served or them to the sales team. So we're getting there. It's it's completely shifting the way we are thinking about user acquisition for sure.
0: All right. Super. Thank you. Uh, well, since we started talking about the team, right? And uh, I've listened to a couple of uh, your previous podcasts and I really loved, and I have a quote here, uh, which is said, uh, you can go far solo. You need great people to build great businesses. So um, I would really love to, talk a little bit more about the team because ultimately the team shapes the company and the vision and this, the structure and the processes there. So uh, how big is the team? And also I think something that founders would be interested in to know, uh, what role did you first hire for?
1: Sure. Great question. Yeah. I definitely think that having a great team, it's fundamental to build a software like customedly. Like when I started, I created Quizz Patente alone, and then I had some partners. Uh, One of them is actually today partnered Customerly as well. Thing is, you cannot build this kind of company without uh, without a team of great minds, and I am proud of the great minds we had in Customerly because we put a lot of passion in building the product that today is serving billion of people because the live chat last year has been shown to 1 billion people. So I'm oh, wow. really proud of the work we created so far compared to, you know, huge companies. Um, our competitors had maybe thousands of employees and we are 12 people in like full-time and like uh, hired as an external uh, resource. But like... In twelve people we could get over here, and the main developer team is like five people. Then <laughs> that's crazy. Like if you see the product, and if you see how is it growing, it's it's crazy to think about how um, well oiled we are to build products. We are super fast to develop things and to um, bring it to the life to life. I'm really proud of all of them. Um we're every every one of us is completely into the product a hundred percent and um there is no micromanagement also like they have a lot of uh liberty to choose like um how the product would evolve because like for example tech things should be that way or like they feel it's a it's a better thing to create the, that kind of UX in that way so uh, there's a lot of liberty, and today the the team is 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 very well oiled to release new products, evolvements at, at every single day. The first hires uh, were definitely uh, developers, so we were three, the three of us finding f- founding the customer at the time, and we were friends. The CTO is definitely it's a great mind. Matteo is. Uh, super good at what he's doing. He created an amazing infrastructure. Um, and then we started looking for um, other partners to, to join the company. So it was like two developers, they helped massively to build uh, what is today, the backend and the, the mobile apps of Customerly, And then um, we hired also Igor, that is another great mind, uh, that created all the web app, the new messenger. It's, um, it's crazy. It's, um, so we invested a lot into the product. Um, now we have a UX team and uh, also a content team. So we're moving now that we have like a super uh, product, we're moving more into marketing and sales for sure. And uh, the next tires is, is going to be uh on marketing sales and uh developers as well for the next year
0: okay wonderful it's great to see how you're growing and like how empowered the team is this is something that we also truly believe in at sales group that you know you give people the power to to build something to create something and when they understand that that yet yeah, there is no micromanaging i can actually do stuff that i i feel is right and uh, do something I think is going to move the needle, it just makes such a great difference. So uh, it's great to see how you're doing it. All right, so just, uh, just a couple uh, more questions. Since we started talking about how great the team is, and maybe this is going to be the answer to my next question, but um, what has been so far the biggest win and the biggest failure?
1: Biggest failure, for sure, the the sales process we tried to build that I told you about. Wasting 36K was like, to me, was like a big failure, but at the same time, you know, a big learning lesson. Biggest success, I would say, definitely having the team I have today to build customerly. I'm very proud of the people that are building customer leads to me, that's a great success. And also like, even if you're a small company, even if we are like, we don't have millions to invest in PPC. We are attracting huge companies, uh, IPO stage, public companies. Like to me, that is like a huge success today. Being here with this kind of product, the team, and uh, the kind of prospects and customers we got is like a dream coming true.
0: All right, that's wonderful. I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying the way you talk about it. It's very kind of holistic, very similar to what we're striving for. So it's really great to, to talk to founders who kind of share the same mindset. All right. And uh, one more question that I really wanted to, uh, to ask is a hack. I always ask for a hack. So I guess uh, with you, it makes sense to um, to ask for a hack for better customer communication because you guys are doing it uh, and I'm pretty sure uh, you've nailed it internally at customerly. So <laughs> what is it?
1: So, you know, we hate chatbots. We always the chatbots. And I guess you had like a bad experience with a chatbot as well. Actually, may I ask you what was your worst experience with a support chatbot you had in the box.
0: Oh, good question. Uh I I don't remember what, what company was it or I think it was several even. Uh and usually it's something it's usually it's a big company. Uh and I just hate when it's you know give us more information give us more information. But then we're just going to keep sending you to FAQ and to like uh, different pages. And, and you're never going to see the light of day and you're never going to see a real person helping you or like anything relevant to your particular case. So I feel like, I mean, chatbots can be okay when, when it's like just solving, like, let me Google it for you kind of problem right? It's right there. Like you could actually go to FAQ and read it. But uh, when it comes to like real problems, oh yeah, you, you should have something better than that.
1: Yeah. So that's the main kind of pain everyone has about chatbots. Okay. they're The way they're created by companies, right? Not our competitors, but like pe- companies adopting chatbots to support their customer, it's somehow it's wrong because you need to build prompts, okay, that try to uh, identify the main issues you might have as a customer. And you need to build a lot of branches to you know support the customers for every single thing, but it's impossible to cover every kind of issue they might be having with your product. So we never offered the kind of experiences because we aided. Uh, Firsthand, we aided the way the prompts were putting customers in loops, and uh, we heard some other feedback that they are gatekeepers for the actual human team, and we didn't want to create the kind of bad experience for our customers' customers. So we never had the kind of automation within our chats. It was only human-serving humans until we got gpt um, so we created this layer where you can help your customers they can express themselves without pushing any, pushing any button uh, they can just type down what the issue is and our ai assistant is capable of understanding the whole context of what you shared searching it in your knowledge base or canned responses and if there is a solution, she's gonna create uh, a solution for your problem. And if she doesn't have a solution, she's gonna escalate to the team with a predicted message. Um, Even if she's not confident enough about the solution she found, she's gonna escalate to the human team. So it's not a gatekeeper for the human team, it's a way to reduce the number of tickets that you're getting. And the customer is not pissed off because you will not be redirected to any different pages to read, uh, you know, that part of the knowledge base article. Uh, she's going to gather that information for you. And not, you don't have to push 10 times, you know, the prompt that the chatbot is going to provide. You just need to share your issue. She can understand what it is and split in like in, also in different questions and understand the whole context of. The messages another thing that chatbots cannot do is like understanding the whole context of the entire messages that you shared so let's say you shared i had this experience last week with uh with a software we are using i shared my issue at the very first message the bot wasn't capable of responding and and then i got the prompt was this issue is about product issue okay and then it was a loop And then after 10 different things that I pushed, they asked me again to rewrite the same issue. And then they said, okay, I'm going to pass to the human. And then I have to write it again. So it was like three times I had to write it and I was pissed off. Okay. You don't want to treat your customer that way. Um, So we created, we reversed this thing where... Now you have an AI layer that is capable of understanding the issue. If she's confident, she's going to share the the response. Otherwise, it's going to escalate automatically to the team. Um, We think, we believe we actually shifted the chatbot industry with a very powerful AI that can help customer service teams and also customers on the other hand.
0: You keep calling uh, your AI she, does she have a name?
1: yeah 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 the, <laughs> the name we chosen is aura okay um it's yeah yeah
0: all right That's super you,
1: you know how would you call an ai it's she her he, he there i don't know to me it's it, it's a she because we created this this kind of personalities like an ai mm-hmm. assistant is actually a team meeting customerly, and uh, we gave it to her um this name Aura. What about you? Okay. What you? What do you think about? Yeah, how do you name it?
0: I've never thought about it. Actually, it's a it's a very interesting question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, pff, no, I should I should think about it. I should call GPT somehow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Give him a name. Give him a name. I it's a boy for me. So. <laughs> you see? You see? Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So I'll cool. think about it for sure. But uh, Luca, it's been, it's been great talking with you. I mean, um, as far as I can see, uh, you're building something really valuable for, for a lot of companies. I certainly hope any problem I have on, on a, any platform will be using customerly so that I don't have to go into loops uh, and it will be a little bit easier with customer support so yeah thank you so much for telling this story and uh yeah i hope to uh do it again sometime
1: thank you so much anna for having me uh, it was a real pleasure to share the story and to meet you
0: sure stay here and uh take care that was yet another awesome conversation on South unbound We're always looking for new guests to share their experiences. We mostly talk with bootstrapped SaaS founders, and if you're one, reach out to me directly at anna.sas.group or find me on LinkedIn. If you're not bootstrapped or even not SaaS, but have a great story to tell, we want to hear from you too. And obviously, SaaS Unbound wouldn't be possible without the SaaS Group, a founder-friendly private equity company that buys awesome businesses that people love to take them to even greater success. If you're thinking about selling your company or just exploring your options, feel free to visit saas.group, fill in the form and expect a response in under 24 hours.